0: It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: Is the spot for Cofield and Company today. Big thanks to Charles Williams, who was nice enough to stick around for the first hour and hang out. We'll have to expand on uh, the Clippers-Lakers rivalry uh, that uh, Charles and I might have as he spends some more time with the show. Cofield is here, and uh, we are welcoming in. It's a busy day here. Uh, because not only is it Friday, and there's a lot of good stuff to do down on the Strip, we've got a lot of friendly people who are joining us at the table. Yes. Uh, we just had the Chuck Wagon. I know Reno's not going to want to hear that.
2: He had, some <laughs> good time. he had some good times. Mark McGillan's here with us now. Uh, one of his former teammates with the Eagles, a former Jet. So I'm fired up about that. Oh, not, that fired, not that fired up about the Jets. Uh, Rich <laughs> Miano's going to join us relatively soon. He's one of the voices of Hawaii football.
3: So what's going on, buddy? I appreciate you coming down. Oh, man, it's good, man. I know we've been trying to get each other to be on the uh, on the show, and, you know, I've been at home. We've been having some tough tef- technical difficulties. So said, Let me come on down here and sit next to my guy. I've been sitting next to you, man, and it's been a while. I know. It's, it's been a while. So I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited for my guy, Richie Rich. Flew all the way in
1: from Hawaii.
3: That's going to come out and hang out with us, man. So that's pretty cool. So, yes, I am in the building with my man, Steve
1: Yeah, I feel, I feel like a big part of it, sitting all the way over here. Yeah, you, yeah, I, yeah man, you up in the nosebleeds That's over right. here, man. Come on over here and join the game, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I feel, Steve, Steve immediately sent me over here to this corner when I got here, so – I think it's gonna. I think there's probably a hint being dropped. So, so Steve is the blame for the for the seat assignment. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. all right. I think he's dropping a hint of something. Maybe I, I I put on cologne. I'm going to a Harry Potter bar later today, so I gotta look good. <laughs> I Gotta look good. No, no, I'm a little perplexed right now. We don't have any food
3: on this table. Now, Steve, you know. Everybody out there that's listening, no. I am the food guy.
1: Yes, of course. I,
3: I, I'm th- can we get some chips and salsa? Can we get a fry, a, a chicken nugget? Can we get something out here?
1: I'm not going to lie. I was hoping that you were actually going to bring something when I saw <laughs> that you were joining us <laughs> in person. So I'm a little disappointed in that. Um, well, do I derail this completely and tell you that I have looked up two different ways to make pork belly? One of them is in the air fryer. The other is like a three-day oh. process with like you know salt and oh, letting yeah. brine and all that kind of stuff. Um any recommendations when I start to tackle this project? Well, first of all, I never
3: did it in an air fryer, so it's probably going to cook a lot quicker. Yes. But I, I would think you would do the three day process of the salt yeah, and the marinating, and then obviously the smoking part of it. Then you got to let it sit. Yep. You know, it's a whole process for pork belly, but it actually turns into some really good bacon. Yeah. And you're going to save a lot of money. Is pork belly expensive?
1: No, it's not expensive. No? Right? No. Okay. No. I don't want to
3: say what grocery store I. I Go get mine because they don't give me no discount.
1: Okay, but I, I can tell you off the air. I was going to say you yeah, tell me because in my memory I don't really like I don't re- really remember seeing pork belly off like frequently. But oh, yeah. I also haven't really looked for it. So
3: oh yeah, they, they sell it all the time where okay. I get my pork belly at. It, it tastes really good, man. It's low and slow. Yeah. Um. So I got to cook probably like eight pork shoulders uh, in a couple of weeks because oh, I'll wow. be the I'll be doing a Grilling McMillan dem- demo at the. Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Yeah. So, what's the yeah, setup yeah. gonna be like? Yeah, I mean, I'm in my notes. I'm excited, man. I, I do the walkthrough. Um, I think Tuesday or Wednesday, I do the walkthrough of the of the facility. Uh, so, they're gonna let me set up in the in the infield. So, I'll be doing a cooking demonstration. So, I'll be doing barbecue pork sliders. So, I'm gonna do pulled pork sliders for. He said it could be 50 people, or it could be 500 people. Uh, that's gonna yeah. show up. So, I'm excited. Well, it's kind man. of a difference? I mean, uh, one, the quality of the food. That's a little bit tougher to cook for 500. I'm going to throw as many pork bellies in that smoker yeah. as possible. And if I have something over left, I'll give you guys a call. Come on. If you guys are at the speedway, nice. man, it's, it's going to be cool, man. I've been trying to get into the NASCAR space for a long time. And for me to be chosen, That's and I'm going be. to be one of the captains on Sunday during the race. So when they're doing the announcing of the racers coming out, guess who's going to get out with the. I'm going to be out there, be out there yeah, with so, the racers. All right. I so. feel like barbecue
1: and, and NASCAR go hand in hand, right? Like I feel like it's a good symbiotic relationship.
3: It should be really good. Um, there's a lot of drinking. Uh, so, <laughs> I've been to a couple of NASCAR events, so there's going to be a lot of drinking. So, I- I'm excited, man. I had an opportunity to talk to uh, Kyle Larson and his team. Uh, I've been friends with him the last couple of years. So, they're going to stop by uh, the barbecue tailgate, which is going to bring a lot of people because a lot of people like Kyle Larson. And he's still in the hunt. So, I know your listeners are out there probably like, what is he talking about, NASCAR? He act like he's dropping NASCAR on us. You have to. Why not? <laughs> Could be where your bread is buttered oh, in the future. You uh,
2: After going on uh, the Ramsey show, Next Level Chef. Do you feel any pressure on like at these big venues, or is that like the height of it? Trying to survive on a show like that.
3: The height of it is trying to survive on the show. Yeah. That was that was the part. Like now, I just I've been smoking meat for a while, so when they say you know four or five hundred people, I'm like okay, I'll just throw some. But being on there and you got Gordon Ramsay screaming at you, you know, and, and it's on national TV that everybody saw almost burned up the kitchen on the first segment, but. It got the most views out of any uh, reality show. So shout out to my guys, my team, Chef Tucker. Uh, she'll be in town in a couple of weeks. Who actually won the contest? So we'll be doing a cooking demonstration at the USA Today Food and Wine Festival. That's going to be here next month as well. So I, I got I got a lot of stuff going on. The show arrives. Living my dream. <laughs> so I'm excited, Chef Tucker. We got to get her on the show. Okay. We get, I know. I know well, you, you know. You know. I want Matt on. Who's an Eagles fan. I know you. Matt is a big time Eagles fan. I know he is, and he just got a new job as the culinary instructor at his school. So he used to be a oh, PE really? teacher. Yeah. Now he's the culinary extru- instructor. So that's wow. pretty cool, man. He's a he's a die Eagle fan, man. When you talk about birds fan, he is. His sons, wow. his sons are through and through bird fans, and uh, you know how it is back east, man. They oh, yeah. they, they breed them. John, you got to go check out this guy Matt's Matt Bork.
2: Matt yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to go check out his Instagram, but maybe more his Twitter. He just. I, it's, I'm gonna sound creepy. It it, it is borderline erotic. <laughs> he just he just cooks meat and he and he cuts it on camera, and you're like, oh my Spell god. Spell the last name.
3: Matt G- Groke. Yeah.
2: Grok. G-
3: yeah, he he's really good, man. He was. Uh, we were hoping for a barbecue segment on the show, but we never got any a chance to barbecue. We were like, bro, if we barbecue anything on the show, we're gonna crush it. But. Obviously, we're out there making, man, turkey tacos. We're making duck flu- souffle.
1: Oh. Like, we're making stuff out there. Yeah, look at it. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you, look, at John, look at John's he, reaction. And, you know, I don't know why. I don't don't know, why. lift
2: up the table, John.
1: Come <laughs> on <out laughs> now. Don't get all fired up. I have nothing to support this. But I feel like when you wear those black latex gloves and you're making barbecue, you know what yep. you're doing. Oh, he you knows. Know yeah, I mean? yeah. He, he's
3: good, man. Uh, he'll be he'll be a great guest on the show. Uh, that's my guy, man. And, you know, obviously, when we flew to London, I didn't know. He knew before I did. Before I did. Wait a second.
2: Are you allowed to say that, by yeah, the way? Yeah, I can say that. You can say that? Yeah, I can say that. I can can say I that. tell you? There's, yeah, I there, was only, there was only <laughs> one person in my life who knew that you were there when you were taping because you swore me to secrecy. Yep. And she is a vault. So I did yep. tell <laughs> the significant other. And when she watched the show, she would always laugh at the beginning. She's like, why is the, the Vegas set? And I'm like, I don't know why they're doing that. <laughs> they actually filmed it in London. So they, so they actually filmed it in London. Uh, John, and then the whole show was built like it was in Vegas.
3: Really? And yeah. the thing about it, like I still did my my uh, Friday segment while yeah. I was in London. Yeah, yeah. like he's it a, was. It he's was in like- a hotel
2: room, and <laughs> <laughs> he was like looking over his shoulder. like, "Should we be doing this? Can you can you zoom in the camera? That's awesome. <laughs> we don't want to give away what's going on here."
3: Everybody still thought I was here because you know I started working with uh, Eight News now, doing the Raiders pregame show, and everybody's like, "Where is he going? You know, is he still doing the show?" So I was still doing the show, and everybody's like, "Oh, you know, maybe he's just not showing up. Maybe he was sick." Dude, I was doing the show, studying for, you know, the next day cooking with the, on the show. Uh, so I, I, I had a lot on my plate, man. But sh- Steve held tight. You know, I, he's, it, 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 I think we recorded one. He's like, oh, i got to cut out. Because you said London one time.
2: Some, one of us yeah. did. He's, I like, probably oh, I did. he's like, i got well, so cut out. Well, you know what's out. funny? <laughs> I think I told you behind the scenes. Someone else on the show knew. Um, well, actually, I think they knew your fate. They knew something about the show that they weren't supposed to know. It was Ari. Ari randomly met. Who was a super young kid? On the show? Oh Preston. Yeah, and Preston yeah. told him. I'm like, How many guys is Preston gonna tell?
3: Yeah. <laughs> wow, mouth, huh? This Ari guy doesn't even know him. Yeah, Preston uh, but Ari he, was
2: a vault outside
1: of me.
3: Yeah, Preston is a as a up and coming chef. He's been to Vegas twice already, uh at one of these caviar restaurants cooking for these people. So he'll be the next he'll be the next uh he's like twenty. Yeah, he's awesome. Dude, he, he is, there are uh,
2: so many young people on the show.
3: I was the no, I had one guy that was older than it. It was one guy was, was the uh,
2: was the firefighter?
3: Firefighter Vinny was younger than me. Oh, Vinny Nuggets. Vinny older. Nuggets we call him Vinny Nuggets. Vinny cut his finger like every episode. Yeah. Uh, he's, from, he's from Boston. He,
2: actually, <laughs> he he's actually he's actually the kind of the cook in a firehouse. He's a firefighter too. Yeah. But he was like,
3: how does he cut himself over the time? And during the show, there's no there's no breaks. You know, when he cut his finger, we're thinking like, okay, time out. No.
4: Well, they were like you know. they
3: were like medic and then you know Gordon runs over, he's trying to, you know, patch them all up and
1: What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Scream yeah. at him. <laughs>
3: I, he did scream at him. He, he did. <laughs> You're ruining my show. So he's having
1: he, time today. Let's yeah, go.
3: He did. He did scream at. Him. I think the only time he really got after us when he when we did rice or something and Vinny didn't make the rice right and Gordon spit it out. He was like, he did say some stuff to me too when I didn't cook the chicken fast enough. Yeah. You know, I, I was I was intimidated on that one. When yeah. I on the last one, I was like going through the motion, thinking like, oh, my chicken is good, and he comes over. He touches a chicken. He's like, the chicken is raw. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I was like, man, it's been in the pan for seven to eight minutes. You know, you, you didn't hear that part because yeah. they cut the camera yeah, off, yeah, but yeah. we're sitting there talking through it and he's like screaming at me. He's like, get the chicken back in the pan. I was like, I don't want to burn the chicken. He says, so awesome. you're going to go home if you don't cook this damn chicken.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So I would love to get yelled at by Gordon Ramsay. It's a dream. Oh, yeah.
3: I think a lot of people really wanted that, but it was some females on the show was like, I don't want to be on Gordon's tape. Because they was like, oh, really? I, I don't want to get screamed at. But it wasn't that kind of show where he, right. you know. But we didn't know that.
1: Oh, but it makes it better. You got to do yeah, it. You
3: yeah. want the intensity. It was cool. And that was part of the interview process when we are going through it. They were like, what if Gordon gets in your face? You know, how are you going to react? Would you do anything out of character? I was like, I, I, I really don't know. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have a flashback. I don't know if I'm going to punch him. But, you know, it all worked out.
1: Yeah, I think
2: you. Would. I nice think hat, man. the former athlete would work out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, were you at the Steelers-Raiders
3: uh, game last week? I was at the game, man, and I was <laughs>
2: – How shocked were you? We know there's been big crowds with the opposition. Uh, I wasn't there, but on, on TV it sounded like there was a constant buzz from Steeler fans the entire time.
3: It, it was. It was a Steeler crowd. And obviously we knew that Pittsburgh traveled well, but I didn't think they were going to travel that well. Um, but, you know, it's a night game. It's in Vegas. Um, you know these teams go way back to, you know those old Super Bowl days. You figure uh, the Raiders probably would have had a lot more Super Bowls if it wasn't for the Steelers. You know because it was always those two guys, yeah. those team teams battling it out. But man, Steeler Nation was traveling. They traveled really well uh, from a fan standpoint. You know I was, it, it was pretty cool, man, just to see the electricity. Um, obviously, you know the Raiders didn't, they didn't impress their their crowd. Uh, obviously, we've been real critical of the team. Off to a really slow start, Jimmy G comes out with a concussion. I never question anybody having a concussion. But I don't know when he got the concussion, but he did seem to finish the game. Uh And then all of a sudden, when he threw the pick, there's like, oh, no interviews. You can't talk to him. So even all this week, he hasn't been in an interview. So it's like, did he really have a concussion, or were they kind of protecting him from the media? So I I don't want to speculate on anything, but it's kind of a little, little odd. A little odd.
2: They are in a weird position right now because <laughs> they can't run the ball. Uh, we were just talking with uh, Charles Williams, who was mm-hmm. breaking it down, the former UNLV running back. You, you know, he was talking about you watch defenses against him, and the defenses are just crunching up, yeah. so there's no freaking space. Like, a lot of people are wondering why Hunter Renfro has no catches. Well, because there's uh, no room.
3: And, and a lot of people are getting on Josh Jacobs. They're like, like, well, he held out. He came in chubby. Like, do you guys see – there's no room for him. Every time it seems like he gets the ball, there's a move he has to make in the backfield – Uh, to even have an opportunity and you know I've I've had a really good relationship over Hunter over the years and I kind of talked to him off the record you know uh, in the locker room and I can tell his frustration Um, obviously from the booth you can see the way the plays are, are developing there were like two or three times he was wide open on touchdown plays on post routes but Jimmy G just didn't pull the trigger
2: all right so what's the hope this week we got about 30 seconds. We'll carry it over.
3: Oh, the hope this week is, man, it, 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 well, it's going to be a home home crowd for the Raiders. I know. So that, at least they have that. The, the, uh,
2: Paul Gutierrez put out a number <laughs> on, uh, from one of the ticket resellers said, right now it's trending as a 64-36 breakdown with the Raiders being the higher percentage I, of I, the fans. I,
3: I believe that. And that was a question, you know, they asked uh, Josh uh, the other day in the locker room. Like, you know, it's going to be a home game for you guys. And he was like, I'm not worried about the crowd. I just want to go out there and perform and win the game and get back to Vegas.
2: Well, you have to worry a little bit because what are you going to do silent? I mean, sure. <laughs> actually, it is kind of cool for them because yeah. you may have another situation where it's a freaking silent count for Justin Herbert. Quick time out here. We'll continue getting ready for the football weekend.
0: You are listening to Cofield & Company, live at the Golden Circle Sports Book & Bar inside Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
2: Yep, T.I. Vegas hanging out with Mark McMillan, the former Eagle, Chief, Niner, Saints, and who am I missing? Oh, Redskins. Oh, the Skips. There you go. Can we say Redskins? No, oh, that's, that, that's what they were called at the time, okay. so now
3: the Commanders, whatever you want to call them, okay. WFT. Right. They, they they did they sent me an email. like It was like 20. I've been retired from them since t- 2000. They just got an email, invite me back to come back for a game. I think that was pretty cool of them. That's so pretty cool. Yeah, maybe that's a
2: new organizational thing.
3: And a lot of guys been. Uh, I talked to Brian Mitchell, talked to uh, Daryl Green, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I had a chance to talk to uh, you know Doug Williams, and he said they're doing a really good job of reaching out to the players. That's good. Champ Bailey was actually uh, the co uh, one of the captains a couple of weeks ago, so it shows that they're moving in a better direction than when Snyder was there. Yeah, the uh, the Snyder
2: dog is gone, <laughs> and now Harris is in, who's a owner of multiple <laughs> franchises, different pieces, so. He gets it. I think they get it,
3: and it's it's good for the, the city. Is uh, obviously you know we played against those guys and it was a, a divisional rivalry game, uh, but we had opportunity to play for the Redskins and actually we you know we won a couple of playoff games. When they winning that yeah, city, it's a, good, it's a great franchise. Man, that, that city really gets behind us. But the owner
2: single handedly just snuffed out most of their hope.
3: Yeah, it, it, it was really bad. Um, I, I've never seen it. Uh, owner, well, maybe Jerry Jones would do it, but you know, seeing Snyder come in uh, in a helicopter and then sit at the fifty-yard line in a nice, comfortable Lazy Boy chair yeah. while we're out there practicing, uh, uh, I was like, "What's going on?" Daryl's like, "Yeah, that's that's you know, he's got his Bentley out there. He's flying. He doesn't like traffic, so it's like, man, what the hell is that? Come on, come on, Rich, Mike, up, baby. Coming in here with all this green on, man. I hope you got some money in your pocket, baby." That's my it's guy, right there. Not from right the there. green I won at the casino last <laughs> night. It's just Hawaiian green. <laughs> That's my guy, man. So we might get off the hinges a little bit, cause when I see my former players my former teammates, but I, I really get excited, man. It's good to see you, man. That's man, great seeing you,
5: bro. I've been following you on social media, on television, on major media markets.
3: <laughs> you're like a, a, a celebrity bigger than football. You're like this celebrity chef. Yeah, I, I, Steve kind of cloned that when, before we started our, our, our Friday segment. He said, you're not Mark anymore. <laughs>
2: He's not. <Yeah. laughs> could, we could barely get you on for like six months. You are a superstar. I haven't seen yeah. it. I mean, outside of some practices here and there around town, I, I never see it.
3: Crazy man, you're busy. But you got my number, you come over to my house. You try that to that's help me. Point. Actually, I did
2: see that at your
5: house. <laughs>
2: if, if
3: you grilling with McMillan, you ahead of me. Let's put it that way. Every time I come to Vegas, I don't get invited for no ribs. Well, you always got something going on, man. You still body by Jake. I see you deep-sea fishing with Brian Baldinger and all that. I was like, he doesn't want no ribs, man. You, you rugby. I see you with your son. You are the you, guy did that's Did you see all me horseback legs. riding in Aspen a couple weeks ago? I'm like Yellowstone. I'm like I, Kevin Costner. I did see that. I was like, man, they got, they got a Hawaiian cowboy out there now, man. It's called a Paniolo,
0: bro.
2: <laughs> so that's the voice of Rich Miana who, uh is really one of the voices of Hawaii football. He played there, played with the Jets, played with the Eagles, so a lot to get into here over the next couple of minutes. Well, let's talk about the the uh, Ninth Island Showdown. Uh, first of all, when did you get to town, and what did you, you guys do a show today?
5: I just did the ESPN Honolulu. I got to town yesterday, uh, met with both the UNLV staffs today as well as the University of Hawaii staff. I got an alumni event at 5 o'clock. I'm like the busiest man in oh Vegas it, right is now. Is this the Ninth Island, they say?
3: Is
2: <laughs> where's, uh, where's the alumni event?
5: It's at the California. And you could transfer that hotel in the middle of Kalihi on Oahu <laughs> and you would have no different clientele. There are more masks at that hotel than in the history of the United States. Well,
3: they got alumni here in the, from the. Yeah, yeah, I know you guys time. had alumni. No, it's you know?
5: bigger here than it is in Hawaii because, you know, like most of the football players, like eventually leave to Vegas, Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, Seattle, wherever it is, and they come to this alumni thing, I think we'll have a bigger crowd than you guys tomorrow.
2: Uh-oh, don't let's not Uh-oh. do that Oh, shots <laughs> fired,
5: shots fired. Yeah, the D.C. already <laughs> said that the other
2: day. We were stirring <laughs> the pond on
3: that one. But that's good, though. That, that's, it, good football, good. that's good you for know, football, man. The rivalry's been dead for a long time. Uh, the the see, rivalry hasn't been dead.
2: The crowds here have been small. Okay, I would say. But it's, for Hawaii games, they show up, because a couple of years ago, they showed up.
3: Yeah, and, and you
5: know what? They circled this every two years. Not, I mean, people travel travel over by the thousands, literally, like Hawaiian Air, United Air. Oh, nice. They're coming to this game. They're here to see Hawaii win. And I'll tell you what, UNLV 3-1, first time since, I think, 1987. It, it, they look like the real deal, or at least the floor is rising.
2: Did you uh, When you met Odom and the crew, what did you think?
5: Well, Odom is stiff, you know. He's one of them defensive curmudgeon yeah. type of guys. He's not going to give you a lot of information, not a lot of smiling. He's not, not going to give of, you a lot of information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he might be giving you guys, the guys. all the information. <laughs> but at the same time, the first, like, FBS head coach to take over the program, he knows how to recruit. He yeah. knows his – Brendan Marion, the go-go offense, oh, and that special the teams coordinator, they got a staff now, yeah. and they got some athletes, they got speed. It's just a matter of time. I've been saying this for like 10, 15 years. I always dog Mark, like, (laughs) how come UNLV can't turn that around? You guys got money. You got athletes. You got the proximity to L.A. You've got these facilities, and you can't win.
3: You got to get the right coach. This could be the guy. I I do. I know Steve's been around the program a lot longer than me. You know, he's been through. I I think I've been through two head coaches since I've been living here. But I really do get a good vibe uh, of Coach Odom, man. I really do. Uh, going to the practice in the, in the spring and then seeing these guys transfer over that same energy to the game, uh, it's, it's positive to see, man. These guys are flying around. Uh, they're, they're they're two deep, sometimes three deep in the secondary. Uh, they got a lot bigger, lot, you know, a lot more size. Um, like you said, man, if they could just continue to win, this could be a really good situation for a coach and, Obviously, the special teams, like I, I, I'm a special, special. teams guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a special teams Me guy. Me too, bro. I, you and I were on a lot of kickoffs yeah, yeah, yeah. together, bro. <laughs> yeah, and I know uh, early in the season, I think it was preseason uh, or training camp, uh, you guys had the special teams coach in the, in the meeting room, and, you know, he just – it was like a really good informational uh, deal for the special – because he spends a lot of time on it. And a lot of teams don't spend a I've lot never, of time.
2: I've never – and it's not like I've covered like 50 teams – I've rarely seen a team in practice spend so much time on yeah. special teams. Odom really thinks it's important.
5: Yeah, and that's usually a defensive minded head coach. But more to the to that is, this dude has been like special teams coach of the year in the NCAA like a couple yeah. of times. They start practice every day with special teams, and Mark will tell yeah. you if you start practice with special teams, you know that
3: head coach is serious about special teams. Yeah, we we did that at Alabama. You know, we we, oh, we man, did. Yeah, we practiced special. Coach Gene Stallings was huge on special teams, and we won a lot of games. Uh, with special teams as well. Late games, you know, field goals, uh, punk team, uh, you know, so we won a lot of games. We practiced special teams in m- before practice and after practice, we practiced special teams. So it- it's real, it- it's good to see, because that's how I made my bread and butter in the league, man. Came yeah. in on special teams.
2: So my fear uh, going against Hawaii and watching some of the games and even watching the game down there, which uh, UNLV basically, that changed everything because they didn't make a bowl game. And then I think that was the final... Straw for the ad with marcus arroyo and you know then they wind up changing coaches i i like shager i i know he makes mistakes but man i like the way he throws he freaking trusts his arm
1: yeah
5: he spins it better than anybody i've seen in hawaii in decades and that includes colt brennan that includes some wow. real players The thing about it is he's not that fleet of foot. So he's not plus one. He's not like a guy you have to defend on the RPOs, zone reads, even like quarterback draws, quarterback powers. That's what you guys have. And and all three of those quarterbacks too, uh, you know, from the state of Hawaii and then Brumfield can actually run it. And that's difficult defensively to defend. But Shager, make no mistake about it, if he can set his feet and he can get protection, he can sling it with like Sunday
3: guys. Yeah, and I think I texted you during that game. I think they were playing uh, Stanford. And I text you, I was like, man, I really like the way this quarterback slings the ball, man. He was he was airing it out. So, you know, the, the defense will be tested again tomorrow in the secondary, which is, you know, they've been up to the task. They've been turning the ball over a lot more than they were in the past. They're now getting interceptions, uh, fumbles and turnovers. Uh, so I, I'm excited, man. I, I'm a fan of this game and I'm really wanna wanna see this this matchup really live up to the hype that is building up to be. Yeah, and and the thing about it is
5: to me. This is the run and shoot, right? So the tight end just entered the transfer portal. They're going to go a lot more 10 personnel. He's out already? Yeah, he's out, bro. It's like middle of season. (laughs) I'm out, bro. And the reason why, because it was becoming a more run and shoot team, more 10 personnel, so you don't really use a tight end. So, Mm. you know, good for him. But what I'm getting at is, The one thing the defensive coordinator said from UNLV is they haven't been real successful stopping an aerial attack. Mm -hmm. And this could be the aerial attack that, you know, can gain some yards because they got some nice Hawaii, got some young brothers, man, playing receiver that actually have linear ability, have catching radius, have the ability to make you miss. This is a young group of receivers, but they're talented.
3: Yeah. I'm excited for the game. Like I said, man, uh, on both sides of the ball, uh, you know, obviously, you know UNLV is, you know, got some really good guys that came over in the transfer portal. Um, that's really stepped up for these guys big time as well. Um, whenever you got a quarterback that can spin it, if you're a defensive back, it, you're sleeping pretty good because you know you're gonna get opportunities in the air. So it'd be pretty interesting to see how the secondary fails for the uh, for the UNLV Rebels tomorrow.
2: Rich Miano is with us, former Jet and Eagle, played Richie, in Rich.
3: Richie Rich, we call him Body by Jake. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons,
2: too. Atlanta Falcons. Uh, <laughs> are Mark you playing for Nicole? the Falcons? I don't know. Mark McMillan's <laughs> with us. Um, on defense, who are the guys to look for? I'm not saying this is the guy, but I got a kick out of seeing the roster with Sauce Williams. Who's like, He's like 5'11", 340. I think he played. He's rotational. He's actually on PFF, on Pro Football Focus. He's
5: actually the highest-rated defensive player. You know, Sauce, I called him Sauce Gardner last week because (laughs) (laughs) – Sauce Gardner? He locked people down? (laughs) But I'm saying he's a baller, bro. He's 5'10", legitimately, maybe 5'10 and four-eighths. But he's 330 pounds, and I first started noticing this dude against the University of Albany. you called him Sauce Gardner? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They don't look anything alike, bro. But he got an effervescence, bro. He's gregarious. Everybody loves this kid, and and this kid – he penetrates with that low center of gravity, and even like on running plays, he he gets in the backfield. He disrupts things. Passing plays again. He penetrates the middle, and uh, he is uh, developing into one of my favorite plays. But there's another guy, Peter Manuma, who's number one. Who I've said, you know, sometimes I, you know, it's it's hyperbole. It's 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 superfluous. It's Troy. It's Troy Palmalu. It's, it's 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 Talanoa Hufunga. This dude has hair coming out of the back of his helmet. He runs around and makes plays at free safety. Mark will like this kid.
2: God, I think he got – didn't he get popped for uh, targeting in one of the games?
5: He had three personal fouls in a row, three games in a row. Kind of yeah. pissed me off. Yeah. But you know what? This dude is playing with enthusiasm. He's going to well, hit you, and uh, he's a difference maker. I'll
2: tell you what. It is funny listening to games. And, you know, I listen uh, while I'm down on the sideline to uh, our guy, Caleb Herring. And, man, when those targeting calls are made – the former players are like, "What the hell
3: is going?" Like
2: people hate the call, and then just, you know the review and everything else. So, take a, a quick timeout. We'll come back. I do want to talk a little bit NFL. We got about five minutes left with uh, Rich and Mark, so stick around.
0: Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar inside Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
2: Dogwood Hunt. All right, rolling on TI, Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar. Come on down. you get got 55-plus TVs. Kiosk for betting open 24-7. We're going to talk to uh, Patrick Berbert in just a little bit, one of the guys who runs the book here at the TI. So Rich Meano is in, former NFL player. Uh, he's on the call for Hawaii. He does ESPN Honolulu. Mark McMillan is here as well. So we got like four minutes left. So you you guys pick. Do you want to talk Eagles or you want to talk Jets?
5: Jets. What is it talking about? Since Aaron no, Rodgers no. got hurt, I don't even talk. I don't even think about the Jets anymore, bro. I know
3: you're a huge Jet fan. I know you used that's to why play I gave you the, the option. Uh, no, because I don't there. want to
5: sit here and just whine about Zach Wilson. <laughs> I actually want to talk Miami <laughs> Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa because yeah. I'm a part of you know that that's family. That's a good point.
3: Mark would be like, how do you stop these receivers, bro? You know what? Uh, That's a good question. (laughs) I, I, I always think about that when I especially watched the game last week. And Waddle didn't even play. Can you imagine, like, <laughs> and they still had 750 yards and 70 points? I think we would have looked at each We might have been fighting in the game because we'd have been like, yo, you cover him. You'd be like, no, you cover him. So, the,
5: the difference is, if you want to talk Jets and Eagles, when I was with the Jets, Marino used to throw for 500 against us <laughs> in the Jets. When I was with the Eagles, we
3: had the best statistical defense <laughs> maybe in the history of football, so there
5: was a little difference.
3: It, it was a big difference, but like I said, that, that offense is so explosive. Obviously, you know, two Tua, two Tua's a guy from Hawaii. You know, He went to Alabama, That's too, guy, so uh, that offense is really potent. Um, obviously, the Eagles are getting a lot of press from From the tush push. A lot of guys are really complaining about that. It's like like the goal line. If you can't stop it. Well well, but years
5: ago you couldn't push from behind right. Then they allowed you to do that. And the thing about to me is it's. This is an offensive game. They want him to score points, yeah. so they're not going to make it illegal. But it is almost illegal because yeah. that may be one of the best lines in the history yeah, of football. Yeah. <laughs> and Jalen Hurts is strong, and yeah. you ain't stopping it.
3: Yeah, it, it, but you know, like I said, if you're crying about it, load up your big boys and try to stop it. You rugby know? scrum, bro. It's, 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 a, just, it's a rugby scrum, and you know they're looking really good right now. Obviously, Jalen is—he's playing good, but you know everybody's looking for him. Last week's, last year's performance, like, oh, he's like, like, like DeAndre Swift was probably the steal right now he is playing lights out he rushed for 100 yards again back-to-back games uh obviously coming from detroit but man did you see the game last night the detroit lions and the packers i'm still on the fence but i'm like man maybe these dudes are for real like
5: 11 of 14 games if you go back to last season they got off to a one and six start but hey going back to the to the eagles I just keep drafting players
3: from Georgia. <laughs> those dudes can
5: play, and how do you block those dudes?
3: Bro? Yeah, it, it's, uh, I see. Uh, Seth Joyner talked about you know the, the top pick from Georgia last year. I know a lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, he had some some troubles in in Georgia. Um, they passed on him here with the Raiders, but man, he he, he compared him to JB. Oh my god! Like, he Jerome gave us some he gave us some Jerome though. Brown comparisons, and if you yeah. look the way he dominates, yeah. It, he was taking on double teams, uh, just pushing the lineman out of the way, and then for him to retrieve back on that one play and cause a fumble? Like, what, what tackle like does that? 6 6'5", well,
5: well over 300-something pounds. <laughs> Jerome wasn't that tall, but Jerome was, was powerful.
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 to JB. But it, it's uh, – it's a tough division. Obviously the Cowboys they go to Arizona and they 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 piss the piss the pants and I like it. And every time the Cowboys lose, I'm excited, so I don't even care. They can lose all those games. So you know the, what though, that had to
5: be like disheartening. Like you, you got a team that's rolling and you got one of the best defenses in football
3: yeah. and they play the Cardinals and you lose like I I can't figure them out, bro. And the Cardinals are trying to lose. Like, yeah, it, it, they want Caleb Williams. <laughs> They're trying to lose. If I'm Caleb, maybe I'll pull a you know a John Elway. Maybe I will pull a uh, Eli and be Ooh, like, you know what? I'm gonna ball, go back bro. to USC and he's making it what like, like maybe four five. Million dollars a year. Yeah, he, he's making well over a couple million dollars. Being at USC, so maybe he can, you know, I don't know, he's still got another year of eligibility left.
2: Rich, can people still get down to the alum event, or is it kind of yeah, closed Yeah, there's up? an
3: alumni event at the Cal,
5: with uh, and that should be good at 5 o'clock till 7 o'clock. So but the Hawaii alums. It, it, it's always something where I see more people that i played football with or coached at this than than I do at Hawaii uh, alumni uh, events. Oh uh, really?
3: Yeah, it's big time. Alright, give me a
5: score. Can I get in? Can yeah. I they got they got some pool they got some pig down there? They got the Kahlua cool pig? Oh, they got everything. They got poi pig. You they got, yeah. Oh you you can get <laughs> in, bro, because you might have to put that on your show, bro. Let's go,
2: man. Uh, last couple seconds, give me a score for tomorrow who wins.
5: Um, you know what? I I, I bet with my my heart sometimes <laughs> and not my mind. Yeah. And I got a pull for Hawaii and so I'm gonna say Hawaii wins. Uh, He's gotta say
3: that. 34-31. Oh!
4: What happens when you have a for, to cause a first half like that where you just you couldn't you got nothing? We oh, suck,
5: Pete. I mean, we got our ass kicked. If I knew, it wouldn't have
0: happened.
4: Matt, they didn't blitz until uh, uh, the last a BS question,
0: man. Now back to Cofield and Company live at the Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar inside Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
2: Never friggin' fails, right? When you get to coach Aaron Rodgers, everything is rosy and sunny. Oh, yeah, I hear your hair's all perfect. You're getting the beard trimmed. If you're Matt LaFleur, you're real handsome. You're composed. As soon as you got a coach, Jordan Love, uh-oh.
1: Why, why are uh-oh. we doing this? Why are you turning on Matt LaFleur? What do you ever do to it, Because,
2: you know, because it's the whole Packer thing. And I tried to tell everyone in the offseason okay. all this stuff about, oh, it was time to move on from Rodgers. LaFleur's a really good coach. Jordan Love will be good. And then even he cracks. At the first instance of someone asking a completely benign question, like, "Why do you think that happened in the first half?" Well, BS question. uh, You know, Pete, because we got we you know we got our ass kicked. Chill, okay? Don't get a hair out of place and your your beard all scruffy. Relax. I do think snapping at the media. Snap it yourself. Two things can
1: be right, and this actually was
2: very similar to Sean. Jump in, Patrick.
1: Patrick is uh, here from the book. Tell him, Matt Lafleur is a wuss. So real quick. It was very similar to Sean Payton last week, right? Sean Payton freaked out about... They were two very clunky and kind of dumb questions that were asked to both coaches. Where, again, as a member of the media, I've asked dumb questions before. So I'm never going to kill somebody. But I can understand like the whole irritation at it. Because like, even with LaFleur, he essentially asked him to repeat what he said already. And I can understand getting irritated let's by all, it. Let, let's all have the opportunity when they
2: make a bad coaching move to stand right in front of him and go, what are you doing? That was stupid in the in that moment. Mm-hmm. They're not going to like that. Relax. What's the question, Steve? Yeah. You make freaking $8 million a year. Answer a couple of questions. Chill. What's the question? Everyone losing their cool. Fade the Packers. That's my advice the rest of the way. This guy can't handle the pressure. His hair did look good, though, and he's very handsome. Um, all right, Patrick Berbert is in. Uh, before we get to the NFL, we want to hit on some college football. First of all, Patrick, that was a very rude. Welcome to the show. I'm yelling at you to yell at Matt LaFleur. How you doing, buddy?
4: How's it going? Thanks for having me again.
2: Um, I mean, it's going all right. I'm at, now I'm mad. Um, boy, this is a weird time for Clemson football. I don't know if they have the goods. It looked like Dabo got a little shook last week, some weird coaching moves. And, uh, you know, they don't, they don't really have a lot of opportunity to smash someone here. They're going into a tough spot laying six and a half against Syracuse.
4: Absolutely, we're sitting at seven on this game. The public is heavy on Clemson for this game. It's all straight bets and parlays. They can't stop betting Clemson for this. Obviously, Clemson's a known football program. Syracuse not really known for football. They're more of a basketball program. But these are two different tales, stories for these both these teams this year. Clemson's now two and two. Syracuse is four and zero. Oh. Garrett Schrader for Syracuse. A little bit of dual threat option. He makes some. Plays where you think like, oh wow, what are you doing that for? But then he's got some explosiveness to him, and I think that he could do some things to this Clemson defense this week. Clemson, obviously, the last few years, everybody was saying DJ was the problem at quarterback, but now with Cade Klubnik in there, sitting at two and two, now you got to start looking at Dabo Sweeney—is his dynasty over?
1: What do you do with a team like Clemson, where if you look at the two games that they lost? They could easily be undefeated right now if they don't continue to shoot themselves in the foot. I think they have, between the two games, three missed field goals, uh, what, a three lost fumbles? One of them turned into a defensive touchdown the Kulik got destroyed. Like you, you have to be careful in downgrading them too much, right, because they haven't looked terrible. They just keep continuing to
4: make mistakes. Correct. Uh, as far as the, t- the two losses for them, like you said, you don't want to overreact. Well, that's what a lot of people do. They overreact week to week based on a loss. Clemson's still a great program. is a great coach. I'm not taking that away from him. Obviously, they're not the national championship contender that they once were. Clemson is rightly favored in this game, I still believe. But this is going to be a game where you wouldn't be surprised if you see Syracuse take the win at home this weekend. They're playing some good football. By the way, Steve, real quick. Packers were 3-0 ATS before last night.
1: I'm just throwing that out there. All right. That's good.
2: Uh, Notre Dame. Where are we on this one? Because a lot of people like Duke and, again, I don't think this is a true a dream killer spot for Notre Dame because even with a the loss, they still have a chance to be in the college football playoff. But now they do; they have to freaking wipe the the slate clean here. They got to win the rest of the way. What's the number?
4: Uh, we're sitting at five and a half on that game. Duke is definitely the sharp side for this game. Notre Dame had a heartbreaking loss last week. Uh, interception slipped through the fingertips of um, DJ um, DJ Brown last week at the goal line. Uh, Marcus Freeman called a timeout and they only had 10 players on defense that uh, that was a huge question mark I don't know what that was all about they should have easily won that game not easily but they should have won that game against Ohio State so that was a brutal loss for them they play a Duke team that's playing really good this field Riley Leonard is leading that team at quarterback their defense has looked really good this year Um, next week they'll play Louisville so they've got a pretty much a tough schedule so, like you said, if Louisville wins this game tonight, so they'll have to play them next week, and they, they went out, they could definitely make the college football playoffs still. We
2: lay in 21 and a half with USC over Colorado. What do we think?
4: If it gets under the 21 and a half, I can see myself playing that. A lot of the offshore offshores actually opened up 27 on this game. I don't know what they were doing with what? that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Oh, yeah.
2: Man, and there, then, there was some weird stuff on the openers last week.
4: And then over here in Vegas. Or this week. Over here in Vegas it opened up at 23.5 and and now the market settled in at 21.5. The public is still all over Colorado. Um, Deion Sanders needs to come up with a better game plan he lacked defensively against Oregon last week. Obviously they're missing a lot of key pieces. The running game has not been established at all this season. Four of their top five rushers are averaging under four yards a carry which is not very good as a team. They're averaging just about two yards a carry, so they've got to get the running game involved if they want to have a chance against this USC team. USC, obviously, is not very good on defense. A quarterback, they have Caleb Williams, who's a Heisman candidate and probably going to be a top overall draft pick. They've got some key wide receivers with Branch. So um, I think that USC would be the play if this game gets under 21 here.
1: How? Uh, so I, I always like this phenomenon, right, when you talk about very public underdogs like Colorado. How cheap is the money line here on USC for you guys? Because right, because you just get you get overwhelmed with Colorado under, uh, underdog money, and people always balk at big money line prices. But there's value in those technically because you guys get so lopsided, right, on Colorado action.
4: Correct. We're, we didn't put a money line up on that game. Okay. Yet. We're 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 going to put it up tomorrow, just because it's it's so lopsided. You're, you're not going to get good two way action. Last
2: week was it was plus five fifty close to the game on a number that was over 21 plus
4: 550 that was
2: the oregon colorado game that's insane yes and people kept playing it they just people keep playing it come on what are you doing patrick barbert risk supervisor here at the uh, ti sportsbook inside the golden circle sportsbook and bar all right a lot of intriguing games and a lot of home dogs so where are you guys with the uh, texans taking on the steelers with the steelers as a favorite
4: we're sitting at the Steelers minus three and a half plus a dollar five on that game. Uh, the Texans are definitely the sharp side on this game, though. Everybody's put in the Steelers in uh, their money line parlays and just spread parlays. The Texans are obviously playing some unexpected good football with C.J. Stroud this year. He hasn't turned the ball over yet. I believe his 900 yards that he has this season is the most by a rookies through their first three games, um, only trailing Justin Herbert and Cam Newton. Their offensive line has a lot of concerns. Kenyon Green, obviously, out for the year. Tunzel was declared out for this weekend. they got to get the running game going if they want to have a shot against this Steelers team. Obviously, the Steelers' defense is not the steel curtain that we known from previous years. T.J. Watt swarms QBs. So Stroud's going to have his handful, not having an offensive line behind him. But the secondary for the Steelers has definitely had their struggles this season. So if he can get Nico Collins open, Robert Woods, a veteran open, and Tank Dell, who's rose as a draft pick this year, open, I think the Texans can make some pretty good plays and wouldn't be surprised to see them come out and win. T.I.
2: is a good place to bet because it's independent. So you hear the numbers are a little bit different. All right numbers starting to move towards the raiders uh, the number i have elsewhere
4: is chargers minus four and a half against the raiders we're sitting at chargers minus four and a half dollar twenty obviously injuries loom for both of these teams eckler is going to be doubtful this week mike williams got hurt last week he's going to be out for the year as far as the raiders jimmy g still in concussion protocol their question is who they're going to go at quarterback if they're going to go veteran Brian Hoyer, or are they going to go with their fourth-round draft pick, Aiden O'Connell? I would like to see them go with Aiden O'Connell. He was, looked very promising during preseason. We know what we're going to get out of Brian Hoyer, and it's just a very average QP play at best. So I think they got to see what Aiden can, can do here if they want to have a shot this week. Obviously, the Chargers had high expectations come into the year. They're, they're hurt on defense, too. Derwin James is going to be out this week. Um, they got issues going on with J.C. Jackson, personal issues. And Brandon Staley, a head coach, is I don't know what he's doing out there. Guy's going for it on fourth down in his own territory. Like, you're going to get fired.
1: What does the number close at for Miami and Buffalo? What's the public
4: side in Miami and Buffalo? The public side is definitely Miami for this game. We're sitting at 3.5 on the Bills at even money. Obviously, the Dolphins coming off a record-breaking performance, 70 points. They've looked explosive all year. Tua is the favorite at most books to win MVP right now. He looks phenomenal. He's got a great offensive line behind him, so he has all the time to throw in the world. And the craziest part is they just put up 70 last week and they didn't have Jalen Waddell. Now they get Jalen Waddell back. But it's going to be uh, pretty interesting because the Bills have brought a lot of pressure this year and their defensive line has been good, even without Von Miller. Um, as far in the secondary for the Bills, uh, Jordan Poyer is going to be out this week, so it's going to be interesting to see how they line up on defense to be able to stop Tyreek Hill. I know the Bills run a 4-3 defensive scheme. They play nickel more than any other team in the league, so it's going to be interesting to see how they line up because obviously the Dolphins have two, a duo running back that can explode through the middle of the field if they don't have enough linebackers to stop them. Got to ask about the best game on the board, Denver-Chicago. <laughs> brutal I mean it's safe to say this is gonna be the lowest handled game of the day yeah I would agree yeah. we don't have much action on it it's 50-50 right now the Bears Justin Fields I feel bad for the kid his offensive line just lets him down every single play receivers have roots where they're running and crossing into each other the team just looks completely lost out there the defense their defensive coordinator had some personal issues so he resigns. I think the team is in a really bad situation right now. The Broncos had high expectations come into the year with Sean Payton trying to revamp Russell Wilson and see what he can do with that offense because they definitely have some playmakers on that team with Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, Cortland Court, Sutton, Marvin Mims has done pretty well this year, their draft pick. So I, I like the Broncos to come out on top here, but this is just a game where I just want no interest in, no, no action on. it. just... Two teams that are just very disappointed so far.
2: Last one, I got about twenty seconds. Uh, one, uh, John, what are the what's the age range on the Swifties? How old are they? Most, of, most, of, they uh, most s-
1: I would assume like what eighteen to
2: thirty-five. Okay, all right. So you got you got you know over half the group can come in here. They're legal. Um, I would think there'd be pretty good betting on the Chiefs, even though they're eight and a half over the Jets. We're we're, we're sitting, sitting at a, Swiftie push.
4: We're sitting at nine and a half on that game. We're getting a lot. Oh, of, is that right? Okay. We're, we're getting a lot of action on the Chiefs. I see it around at the other sports book, everybody's. Pretty, pretty um, off, off balance. Eight and a halfs, nines, nine and a halfs. The sharp side for this game is the Jets, and I just don't understand why you have a dysfunctional Zach Wilson at quarterback. So, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to put points on the board to match up with this Chiefs team.
2: Come out here on uh, Saturday and Sunday, watch the games, bet at the Ti Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, Patrick. We appreciate
4: it. Thank you. Thank you for having me.